by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter 2, and we'll launch from there. 1 Peter chapter 2. And we'll start in verse 21. 1 Peter 2, 21. Hmm. It says, For God has called you to do good. You are released. Y'all want to go a little further? little deeper, I want to go to the next level, but that's, that's pretty good right there. Sums it up. And it says, oh, even if it means suffering? Wow. <clears throat> so we got to do good whether we want to or not. <laughs> whether it feels good to our flesh, we need to do good. We need to be prepared to go as Jesus did because it says, just as Christ suffered for you. He's not asking us to do anything he hadn't done himself. In fact, it says he is your example. And you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. He didn't retaliate when he was insulted, and he didn't threaten revenge when he suffered. It sounds like Jesus refused to get offended. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. The message is entitled, Hot Potato. <laughs> and then in parentheses, the word offense. Because that's what a hot, that's what offense is. It's a hot potato. It's like a game of hot potato. Some of you more mature saints in here might remember back in the day when we didn't have, you know, video games. We had toys. You'd wind them up and stuff. And they would, they had a potato that you would wind up and it would go click, 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 click. You remember? And you'd get in a circle and you'd throw it to your friend. And, and it was going to explode at some point. It was an explosion. And whoever it exploded on was out. And so you played hot potato, hot potato, and you, and you get it and you try to get rid of it as soon as possible, but somebody always gets stuck with it. And that's what the spirit of offense is. When you're offended, you're always giving it to somebody else. And somebody's trying to give you offense. Do you agree that the world is offended and everybody in it is playing this hot potato game where they're offending one another? passing it back and forth, and just simmering below the surface on most people out there in the world, like Brother Tim said, them heathens he's been messing with today, <laughs> seething just below the surface. And many Christians, 
There's this boiling going on. It's about to boil over and burn somebody. A hot potato. It's about to explode. <laughs> and it's usually the person who gets burned. The person who's received the offense, who's holding on to the offense. Is this making sense so far? Now you understand why I call it the hot potato? There's several people I thought about texting or calling tonight because I really wanted them to be here for this message. But I knew if I did, they'd get offended, so I didn't do it. <laughs> Some of y'all made it. No. <laughs> <laughs> what is offense? Well, we got to go to dictionary.com to find out, right? Offense says a violation or breaking of a social or moral rule, transgression, or sin. Basically, offense is a sin to God. It's a transgression. So then I looked up the word offended. You know, offense, and then there's offended. People who are offended, dictionary.com says they're upset. They're pained, hurt, bothered, disturbed, distressed, outraged, stung, put out, grieved, disgruntled, agitated, ruffled, resentful, affronted, miffed, displeasured, displeased, in a huff, peaked, huffed. Sounds like exactly the person that I want to hang out with all day, Tim. <clears throat> That's what offense does to someone. Even the dictionary tells you that. Well, they did me like that. And you're going to sit and stew on it. You're going to become pained, hurt, bothered, disturbed, distressed. Should I go on again? You're getting the message, right? Offense causes you to be offended. What does the Bible say? Proverbs 10, 12 says, Hatred stirs, stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. I think there's a key right there. Can you walk in love and be offended at the same time? Not very effective. Not very effectively. Proverbs, if you move down to verse 9 of chapter 17, says, whoever would foster love covers an offense. How many people do you know out in the world today if somebody says something to them, they're going to cover it. Not very many. That's one way Christians can set themselves apart, isn't it? Not just throw the hot potato back at them. It says, whoever would foster love covers an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. So, just a little old thing like being offended could separate close friends. So it, it may start out, it may seem a little thing if you be offended, but you know what's going to happen? There's something about the human mind. Well, pastor didn't look at me when I came in this night. He didn't even say hello. Well, I'm not, I'm not much offended, but by the time the services are, I'm never coming to that church again. And, and it, it, it has a way of building in our own minds until we, we make offense into something that's really not. Most of the time, they just didn't happen to see you or something. <laughs> Ephesians. Well, let's go to Proverbs 19.11 first. 
while we're in Proverbs. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is the, to one's glory to overlook an offense. How do we get glory? We become more like Jesus. We reflect his glory. You're talking about somebody who overlooks some offenses. Huh? That's what Gary would say. Huh? <laughs> but if you move over to the, to the New Testament in Ephesians 4.31, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. And I thought to myself, what are these things? Bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words. These are fruits of somebody who's been offended. Why else would you be talking like that? Why would you be angry if you hadn't been offended in the first place? So if you look back, what is the root of a lot of the evil that we get involved in? Somebody got offended. It goes on in verse 32. It says, instead, be kind to each other. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Wow, I don't want to do that. But it says, just as God through Christ has forgiven you, ouch. What are you going to do with that? As human beings living in this flesh, our first inclination is to be touchy. You know, oh, you, you said that to me? We think about ourselves too much. We think about what that means to me all the time. It's me, 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 and me. And sometimes we don't tend to forgive or be willing to forgive like Christ forgave us. But contrast that with what God's intention for us as human beings is. I know from, from day one, God has been working with me to work on my humility, <laughs> And I have learned that it's much better for me to work on my humility than him to humble me. Right? And so you either get with the program or you, you get humbled. And I learned early on I didn't like that too much. So I just I walk the edge. I walk a fine line. <laughs> I, I try, you know, but it's been like that. Really, he's had his hands full with me because I started at a, at a rough place in my Christianity. But He's trying to get us all to a place of we, we, we become humble. And I, and I said, I think, Sunday, that humble doesn't mean you think less of yourself. It's just you think about yourself less, right? And so when you think about yourself less, you're not wearing your, your feelings on your sleeves all the time and going around being touchy and feely. Oh, you hurt my feelings. He didn't this about me and me, me and me and me and me and me. Do you realize how many people were offended at Jesus? I look in the Bible and I, I, I thought back. I said, you know, one of his own disciples betrayed him, it says, because he was offended at Jesus. He thought he was supposed to do this and he wasn't doing it. He got offended and he went and sold out his master for 30 pieces of silver. Then you got the Pharisees, of course, they were offended. You got the Sadducees, they were offended. You got the teachers of religious law, they were offended. You got the lawyers, they were offended. You got his own hometown. His whole hometown was offended at him, tried to throw him off a cliff. And this is odd to me because he never sinned. He never, offend, he, he never intentionally offended anybody. 
Although, when you speak the truth, the truth often offends people. <laughs> and how many do we have offended by Jesus today? Boy, you, you go into a public building and pray in Jesus' name, you're liable to offend somebody. You got a whole nation offended by the name of Jesus. But why are they so offended? I wrote, uh, offense is oftentimes just an irresponsible or an irrational response to correction or truth. Sometimes we get offended because we hear the truth or somebody corrects us. I know I was working at, a, at the job I had before here, and I stayed offended all the time at management because they wouldn't promote me or this, and I was always mad and thinking that they just didn't like me. I didn't realize my rebellion showed. Some of us have an automatic instinct to whoever's our boss, we treat them differently. We automatically don't like them. And you notice that when you become the boss or something, you know. You're like, all these people used to be my friends. But there's something in the heart of humans that automatically are rebellious towards authority. That's what it is. It's an it's a innate rebellion to authority in the heart of a human being. And we have to fight against that as Christians. We need to respect authority. That's what God tells us to do. Even authority, he tells Peter, even to respect the authority that's not treating you good. Even bad authority. In fact, I don't know why I'm saying this, but in one point it says that he got on to some people for uh, saying bad things about the devil and not treating the devil with the proper respect. <laughs> what do you call them? Something about uh, something belly, something. I'll have to dig that one up for you guys. I wish I wouldn't have brought that out. But he, but he talks about they were disputing over the body of Moses. And uh, and they, they were disrespectful to the devil. I'll bring it back to you next Wednesday. All right, so anyway, got off track here. Threw everybody for a loop. When we are offended, we need to uh, ask ourselves, what's the underlying reason I feel this way? There's times when people truly offend you and want to offend you. Obviously, you know, is it because that hurts my feelings? Is me's too predominant in my thinking right now? Or is it because somebody could be trying to bring some correction? Is it because they're your boss? Are you just offended because they're your authority? Or So ask yourself these questions because Jesus never got offended. He never got angry. He never retaliated against the enemy. In Matthew eleven six, 6, it says, And blessed is he who shall not be offended in me. Because all those people who are offended in Jesus are missing out on their salvation. In Matthew 26, 31, Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. He was talking to his own disciples. So Christians can clearly get offended. 
He said that his, his own disciples were going to be offended that night in the garden. He says, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. That word scattered just keeps coming up every service. So, so why do we feel scattered then? We've been talking about God wants to bring us together. We want to move forward together. That's what we've been talking about on Sundays. We don't want to be scattered. I feel scattered, and I need to get some structure back in my life. I need to get in gear and moving forward. I don't need my brain to be all over the place. So why are the disciples scattered? Why are they going to be scattered? Because they are offended this night at Jesus. Offense can cause you to be scattered. God's trying to bring us together. And offense scatters. It's a major contributor to having scattered lives. And it's a major contributor to why these seats are not filled in here. Because if we had all the people back in this church that got offended at something the pastor said or some program that didn't go the way they wanted to go, or they didn't like the way who was teaching their, pers- their kids in the back. All the people who got offended that should be serving this church right now, we would, we'd have to tear those walls down in the back. We'd, we'd take this whole building and make a sanctuary. The church is scattered because of offenses. Offended people. They're just basically, if you're walking around bragging about how you got offended when you went to Kmart and that lady did this, and, and you just telling everybody what you think about everybody, and, and you're, you're, you're wearing your offense like a badge, it's a badge of immaturity. Sorry to tell you. That's not impressive that we... Tell everybody how offended. And in fact, when we take it to the next level, we start telling other people, we get into a whole other section of sin. Gossiping and everything else and bringing strife among the brethren, which is an abomination to God. These are serious things. I, know, I don't know why the Lord had me to, to bring this one point out tonight, but hey, he did, so here we are. Look at your neighbor say, Drama. Say, ain't nobody got time for that. That's all it is. It's drama. A mature Christian will not keep aught in their heart. A mature Christian will always be checking themselves and letting go of all the feelings. You know, like I tell you before we take communion together, it says to do that. To check your heart, to make sure you've forgiven others. Don't take the communion. Don't even take communion unworthily. Don't set your gift at the altar until you've gone and made it right with your brother. These are serious things before God. A mature Christian will not keep aught in his heart. An offense is the first step in towards your heart growing cold. For your love walk to begin to fade. Because like I said, it's hard to love when you're offended at someone because that offense will continue to grow until you deal with it and if if you hadn't noticed all sin grows until you deal with it (laughs) all kinds of sin whatever it may be until you deal with it it will grow like a cancer we're talking about offense being offended it's a trap 
The Greek word translated offense, you may have heard this, it's called scandalon. It's the, the Greek word scandalon. And it's where we get our word scandal. It's a scandal. Scandalized. And what it means, it's either bait for a trap, or they said it's like the little trigger of a trap. That when you trip, trip the trigger, it causes you to be trapped. That's the Greek word for offense. You're being baited for a trap. It's a trigger to trap you into something you don't want to be trapped into. The devil's trying to create drama. He's trying to stifle your aspirations. He's trying to tarnish your friendships. He's trying to drive wedges in your family. And one of the things he's real good at is wrecking marriages over offense. Well, he said my casserole wasn't as good as my mama's. But that was 13 years ago, honey. Get over it. You know? But they hold up. Mary, some about the closer the people are to you, the more you want to bring it up, you know. Got a list of things. Oh, you said that about me? Well, let's get down, honey. Whew, I got a list. You remember back in 1974? <laughs> we might as well start at the beginning. Let's go back to 65. No. I've been old a long time. But you know how you do in marriages. You can, you can offense yourself all the way to a divorce court. In fact, that's how most of them get there, is you can't let go of the past. You're holding everything over each other's head. It can be really terrible. Full, and every time, hey, have you ever been talking to your wife or to your husband or whatever, and you begin to disagree on something? And you're the first one to say, well, I'm listening, you and then you walk off and you made your point. Why did you do that? Because you got offended and you stopped communicating and you walked off. You got offended. What a mature Christian will do is learn to talk it out. Communication. <laughs> well, we need, if, if you want to talk about. The, the opposite end of the spectrum of offense is communication. Most of 99.9% .9 of the time, unless you're dealing with Antifa or some crazy people, uh, Antifa, I hope we ain't got no Antifa people in here tonight, but, but unless you're dealing with somebody unreasonable, you can talk it out. You can have conversation together and work your differences out so somebody doesn't have to be offended. But even if, if they refuse to take it back, you can still reject it. What happens is when people get offended, they tell themselves, I'm not letting that person in my space anymore. I'm walling them out. I'm putting up a fence. Offense. Offense. I'm putting up offense. Let's watch this short video if you got just a second.
Got to cut the sound up. Start it over and cut up the sound. Offense, if we don't learn what to do about this, the enemy would love just one conversation after another. You don't make a decision to walk away from a relationship that you love. You don't, you don't see them becoming your enemy in Matthew 5, 25. It's just one unacknowledged effort after another, and you start thinking, well, I'm the only one who ever takes out the trash around here. <laughs> I got it's not a problem. I would love to get up with the kid again in the middle of the night. No, it's fine. I know you got to work. <laughs> and now what started is just a small offense. Now, what God joined together is separated. Wow. <clears throat> just wanted to show that, just to show that it happens a little bit at a time. This offense upon this offense upon this offense, pretty soon there's a wall between husband and wife. It could be against brothers and sisters, some of you have family quarrels that's been going on for like the Hatfields and the McCoys or something for hundreds of years, you know. And you don't remember what the original offense was, but it's been, you know. Sign of maturity is refusing to be offended. Just flat refuse it. Can you do that? Well, Brother Tom said he does it, and I believe him. I've heard him say out of his mouth, I refuse to get offended. And I believe him. You know why? Because I've done plenty of things to offend Brother Tom. He just smiles. <laughs> he just smiles and laughs. And, and sometimes I can tell. He says, I got to go pray about this. But, <laughs> but he never retaliates back. He, you can do it. Ephesians 4.26 says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. See, anger is the next step after you get offended. It leads to sin. Don't let the sun go down on you while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. James 1.19 says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So your tantrum you threw, you know, down at the Circle K over the service or whatever, that's, that's, don't go get in your car and say, love you, brother, on the way out. Or Mature Christians are secure. They're hard to offend because they live not to please themselves but to please God. And they're trying to reach people, offensive people. And their love covers a multitude of sins. They've learned to show empathy. You know what that means? It means that they try to see things from somebody else's point of view. When somebody has said something totally rude to you, especially a stranger or something, or 
or maybe some, maybe your husband or wife, anybody, when they say something rude to you, you know, say, well, maybe they've had a really bad day, and I should just give them a little slack. Or maybe you think, well, maybe they got that way because somebody's been rude to them. Imp- showing empathy is, is trying to see it from their point of view. And when you, if you'll stop to do that, you'll find that the love of God, if you have the love of God, will often say, let's just cover that sin. Let's not expose it. Let's not receive it. Let's certainly not be offended by it and retaliate back. Thank the best of others and give people the benefit of the doubt. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. We will find grace to help us when we need it most. Hallelujah. Now you're shouting, Pastor. Now we're getting into something good. Now, finally, we're going to get to the mercy and grace that we need. Hallelujah. We can come boldly before God's throne. Maybe we need to go boldly before God's throne so that we can receive mercy and grace that we can give somebody else. Maybe it doesn't always have to be for us. Maybe if we went to God's throne every day, not just when we need him, we would have a surplus of mercy and grace that we could show others. Woo, we're shouting now. Apostle Paul said, I do just about anything not to offend somebody, that I may win some. You know, 1 Peter 4, 8 says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Um, when I began putting together this message tonight, I started, uh, I consulted an expert that I know who had recently uh, taught on this same subject at one of our women's meetings, and I asked her if she would speak for a few moments tonight and hit some of her highlights. Would y'all give it up for Miss Angie Sheffield? So let me do this in the beginning, because the whole time I'm sitting there like, can we get to it? Just get my part over. Excuse me. Well, a few months ago, I did share at one of our ladies' meetings at my house. I felt like that's what the Lord wanted me to share about. So some of the women, if you were there, you probably heard some of this. But anyway, um, when I, we first started Spirit of Life Church 20 years ago, uh, one of the first teaching series I listened to on my own was Joyce Meyer, The Spirit of Offense. And, um, and it was probably, if, I would probably say to this day, it's probably one of the top two life-changing teachings I ever heard, especially at that time in my life, because it had never occurred to me, I'd never heard it or it had never been taught to me that you could choose whether you accept offense or not, you know, whether you accept hurt, whether you keep being unforgiving, which that's what keeps coming to me today, too, when I'm thinking about offenses, you're really holding unforgiveness. It's a different form of unforgiveness. It's, you know, somebody does. It's not that people aren't really doing stuff or you're not really getting hurt, but it's um, unforgiveness, too. Uh, anyway, I remember um, I thought at that time, whatever you feel, you just feel. I mean, you don't have a choice about it, you know. Um, there's so many ways we can be offended, especially today on the news, or media, everything. Everybody's throwing their, you know, there's a billion opinions every day thrown out, you know. Uh, you just can't watch. you got to turn stuff off, for one. You know, I don't hardly ever watch the news because, oh, it just keeps me, it makes me sick feeling, you know. 
you can just stay upset and you don't, that's, we can't live and love and stay like that, you know. And we're all different. Everybody's got an opinion, you know. Everybody's got a thought and stuff, but we can't um, stay like that. Um, I also, in the beginning, I heard that teaching, and um, that was in the beginning of our church experience. And then for the past 20 years, we've went through it. We've went through three pastors before us. You know, like he said, there's been a 100, 200 people that are not here today that were here when we started, you know. And um, there's lots of lots and lots of opportunities to get offended, to be hurt. There's lots of opportunities when good people die. You know, you sit with your friends and you believe God for years and, and they die. You know, there's plenty of opportunity to get hurt and be offended at people and at God. And so after years, you know, and experience and maturity, I looked back and I thought, oh, okay, now I know why, <laughs> why that teaching came across my path at that time in my life, because we would not have been here if, uh, if I never learned that. You know, there were so many times we wanted to leave. Please, we, please, Lord, let us go. But we could not go. <laughs> and it's just part of life. I mean, if you, it reminds me of marriages. Uh, if you don't learn to stick it out in the hard time, you will never stay married to anybody. You can go get married over and over, and, and you got to learn that part in whether it's church or marriage or whatever. So um, I just feel like God led me to that in the beginning so that we could learn through all these. And every time you go through stuff, you learn something through it. You know, you see people differently later. Sometimes it takes a while to get over an offense. But the point is that you realize, like, when we would want to leave, I knew it was because we were offended. It wasn't because, oh, God's leading us over here now. No. <laughs> I knew it, what it was. And so that's why I always knew, like, we can't go unless God tells us we can go, you know. Not that there's never a time to go either. I always clarify that. There's times God and things happen, you might just leave. But, um, and it was even more powerful when we became pastors. Like, I thought, what if we wouldn't have learned that and we would have left years ago? You know, where would we be? Would we have fulfilled the call that God's called us to do? And um, one of my, the verses that kept coming up to me was, uh, he said it. He said it, but uh, it's a different version in Luke seven twenty three, and it's Jesus talking, and John the Baptist sends some of his people to ask him, like, are you the Messiah, or should we go, is there somebody else? And this is John the Baptist who, who was born to tell people about Jesus. I mean, he knew he was the Messiah. But later, when you're sitting in jail for three years, you start rethinking your position probably, like, you know, hmm, I know I really, really thought that, but... Anyway, I heard a teaching on that once. It was really good, and, and, like, that's so good. Like, Jesus didn't come and try to, he he just said, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Like, everything don't always work out how we want it to work out, you know. Even stuff, godly people dying or, you know, this or that in the church, you know, that's what it used to be. My struggle with it was like, Lord, this can't be right. How could this have happened? You know, we're in church. We're supposed to, we're trying to live right. We're trying to love people. We're you know, this is like stuff out in the world or something. But we're dealing with people here, you know, real people, and nobody's perfect. And, you know, you just got to, you know, like he said, so many people, there's more people offended at God and Jesus and church, you know. That's why they're they're not here, and they all, that's exactly how the enemy wants it, is to keep them out of here. He knows if they're here, their lives will change. And uh, um, one of the statements I heard when I was studying it out was offense he might I might take this from him but no. 
Offense is an event. Like, the offense really happens. But being offended is a decision. And so you have the choice to make the decision to stay offended. And it doesn't make, mean it's easy to just get over it. We don't mean like, oh, it didn't really hurt or it didn't really happen. It did. But you can, God, if Jesus can forgive us and forgive people who murdered him and says, forgive them, Father, they don't know what they're doing, then we don't have any excuse and no reason to not forgive people in time and seeking God about it. He'll give us the strength and the love, even if, you know, it doesn't make anything they do right. It's just like unforgiveness, like the girls were talking in the youth the other day about unforgiveness. It, it's not about always about them either. You know, it's about you. It's hurting you more than it's hurting the people you're holding up fence against. to clear it up. Yet Michael the archangel when contending with the devil he disputed about the body of Moses durst not bring him a railing accusation but said the Lord rebuked you. And it goes on to say that we are to give respect to authorities even if it's wrong authority. He said he's, he doesn't even bring a railing accusation against the devil. That's Michael the archangel. Okay that's what I meant so uh, clarification. <coughs> Because I got myself in a hole with that one, I could tell. And I'm not sure I got myself out of it yet, but I just had to say that. Anyway, isn't, isn't she wonderful? I, w I really wish that she would speak more and, and would get used to coming up here because she just softens everything up and makes it so palatable. You know, I get up here and, and I'm so driven and mean and saying I, man I'm hard edged and I don't give many you know ways out but but she just makes everything palatable and, and that's what we do for each other and that's what a husband and wife should do for each other she makes me uh, less offensive so offense don't give it unless you have to and don't take it I got a quote here from my, my favorite author. It says, our very religion revolves around a relationship who dropped every offense that he had against us. Everything that we believe, the one we love the most, the one we worship, dropped every offense against us. And that was written by Angie Sheffield. She said, don't give me credit for that. I, that was just in my notes. I got that from somewhere, I'm sure. I said, you know what? Everything that we get is from somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> but where I got it was from you, so thank you for saying that, for bringing that out. But just think of the things that might have been different in our life 
if we hadn't have got offended or if we hadn't have resisted offense. I think about young David. You know, when Samuel the priest came and anointed him to be king, but before he anointed him, they brought all his big brothers in and left him out there with the sheep. It would have been easy for him to, when they finally said, well, this is, none of these, you got any more? And the dad said, Jesse said, well, we got the little boy out in the back watching shit. Bring him in. David? David said, I'm not coming in. Y'all didn't ask me first time. Y'all just left me out here. Y'all don't even think I'm worth coming in. I'm not coming in. He wouldn't have been anointed king. And then when he's serving the king Saul, first time Saul picks up a little old spear and chunks it at him, he could have got offended. But he didn't. He stuck it out. And he wouldn't have been king if he would have been easily offended. I thought about the Gentile woman that we talked about Sunday. She asked Jesus to heal her daughter. And Jesus said, I've come, you know, for the Jews. And not, I have not come for the Gentiles. He meant yet. And uh, he ended up calling her a dog. I think he was just testing her. She very well could have got upset, do you think? She could have accepted offense and said, well, fine, you want to help me? That's the last time I'm ever speaking to a Jew. She could have walked off and her daughter could have died. But she stayed. Didn't receive offense. She received healing for her daughter. I think about the sinful woman that we talked about at Jesus' feet crying and anointing him with perfume. She come walking up in a Pharisee's house now. You know those Pharisees, what are you doing here? You know, get out of And they're, they're over there murmuring, that's a sinful, that's, a, that's that prostitute. She's, you know, and, they, and I'm sure they were saying a multitude of things that could be offensive to her. She could have said, well, they don't want me in here, fine. Or Jesus is just sitting there let me wipe his feet. He ain't even talking to me. She could have found a multitude of reasons to be offended, but she wouldn't be in the Bible today if she had. What about the woman at the well? Jesus pointed out her sin. said, you got five, you've had five husbands, and the one you're with now is not your husband. <laughs> well, who are you to talk to me like that? And she was feisty at first. I imagine she was used to being offended. She was ready to spar. With Jesus. If you read the account in John chapter 4, they were going at it a little bit. And she could have been offended. But I think her skin had gotten tough. It wasn't because she was intentionally trying to uh, purposely reject offense. I think she was just tough skin and she stuck it out. Whichever way, if she would have got offended and walked off early, guess what? She might be in hell right now. But I, it, look, it appears to me in that Bible that I read that she received the living water. So think about the things that offense could steal from you. Martha and Mary. Jesus, we told you four days ago that Lazarus died, and you're just now getting here. Just go on. Just leave. Widow. You're not staying at our house anymore. And they were offended. You could tell. They were like hesitant to come out, you know, and like, well, if you'd have been here, Jesus. But they refused to accept offense. 
and their brother was brought back to life. What can God do with someone who will be like he was in that first scripture we read? Let me read, remind you what he did. He didn't retaliate when he was insulted. He didn't threaten revenge when he suffered. He didn't receive offense. When we take the bait, we lose. We just need to toss that old hot potato back to the devil and let him deal with it. Amen? Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowances for each other's fault. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And finally, we'll close with Isaiah 44.22. He says, I have swept away your sins like a cloud. I have scattered your offenses. There's that word again. You want to scatter something? Scatter the offenses. Make them hit the road. I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. Oh, return unto me, for I have paid the price to set you free. God has come to set you free from all the hurt that you have harbored in your heart, all the walls that you have built around who you are. Well, I won't talk to those people because when I was seven years old, they said this to my mom. I'm not going to the family reunion because of this. We got divorced 10 years ago, and I won't be seen with her in public. And all these things that we wear like a badge of honor, but it's a badge of immaturity. And we need to grow out of it. We need to grow into Christ and let those things go. We will be free. He said, I've come to scatter these things like the mist, and I have come to set you free tonight. We don't have to be held down. We don't have to be held captive because of offense. We don't have to stick our hand in the trap and set the trigger off. We don't have to go for the bait. It's a trick of the enemy. And if you feel trapped tonight because of offenses, there's relationships that are walled off in your life because of past offenses. He says, I'm here to set you free. It's like that monkey holding that banana in that box, and he can't get his hand out because he won't let go of the, the banana. He won't do this. He's just got the banana. Let go of the banana so you can get your hand out of the trap. Let go of a fence so that you can be free and you can love people like God intends. And you can have a clear conscience. I know we're getting over into the area of forgiveness, but that's what we must do. It's because of offenses that we hold unforgiveness. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.